TV, it reverts back to the 1930s as far as the <laughs> NFL goes. It's it's absolutely ridiculous how bad and archaic the Broncos are on TV. They got they go up ten nothing last night, and boom, it's it's oh here we go, and they you know he hits Dolchik, the tight end with the touchdown. We're live by the way, John. You look good. Grand piano looks good. Um, I don't know where Daly is. He's probably in a plane somewhere, hogging the bathroom up, but he'll, he'll jump in a little bit later. But we're live on Daily Fish. There's the hard line. John Hardison, and that handsome devil. Man, look at that. That Ernie Shaver's head just turns me on. The Broncos. Now, I'm rooting for the Broncos last night because if they beat the Chargers, then the Raiders are only a game and a half out, being one and four of a wild card. I've never seen parody so much in the NFL. I'll start off my NFL takes and you go with yours. So in the NFC, there's four teams with the winning record. The whole NFC East besides the Commanders and the Minnesota Vikings. All right? It's crazy. The New York teams, Buffalo, I mean, New Jersey, Jets and Giants are crazy. It's, it's nuts over there. Another trend I saw that I'm really, really excited about is the fact that the backup quarterbacks really came to fruition. I and mean, Cooper Rush went 4-1. and one. What Bailey Zappi is doing right now in New England, with Joe Judge running that offense, is insane. And Belichick hasn't committed back to Mac Jones. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Hey, guys. Up. yeah. John, well, Sorry, we were doing the bathroom, you know, occupying the lavatory. I'm doing my NFL trends right now. Hi, John Daly. And then we'll go hey, to you. Sorry, it's a little late. Uh, who cares? No one's watching. Anyways, um, <laughs> I was in the middle. So I'm talking about like my second trend. I talked about the NFC East, how great it is, and the, the NFC only has four winning teams. Bailey Zappi, Belichick is not committed to going back to Mac Jones, okay? And then my third trend is, and I might have a swag later, is you cannot use injuries as an excuse anymore. The Pittsburgh Steelers had nine people out, including their entire secondary, including Minka Fitzpatrick. And they played with their hearts out at home and beat a good Tampa Bay team. That's what I saw. When do you guys jump in? Go for it, Hardline. So uh, so my three takeaways is this is the Packers team that I told everybody that I thought was going to be this year. What an awful team. I don't think it's going to get any much better than what it is now. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to pull a Brett Favre, as I told you before, where I think at the end of the season he's going to ask to leave. I don't think that they have anything worthwhile. He's getting towards the end of his career, and I think if he wants to leave, uh, he's out. And look, the silver and black would be a perfect place for him to go. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, Second, you're right. Look, we talked about this earlier in the year uh, when a lot of people were a little bit worried about the Patriots and what they were going to do. And I told you, I knowing how good Bill Belichick is, he was going to make sure the offense was fine. Um, he was going to make sure that that they were going to work through it. That defense is very, very good. I think very underrated to a certain degree. And look, they're running the ball. That Maybe Zappi's not the best thrower, but if you can run the ball, you can make some things happen. You play field position. Uh, the last thing that I'd say is I think, and, and I know a lot of people are, are probably not going to like this, I believe last year Tom should have called it quits. You could tell – clearly on the field, his personal life is starting to affect his play. Uh, that was probably the worst, la- the two last games that the Bucks played, probably the worst games I've seen Tom Brady play in a very long time. And there were a lot of throws yesterday that Tom easily would have made that he just didn't make. And, and it's not taking anything away from the Steelers, but you let, you know, Pickett and Mitch Trubisky beat you. Uh, a, team, a team that you are 12 and three against that you should have easily beaten. There's no reason why this should have happened. Um, it's sad kind of to see Tom kind of decline in this way. Do I think the Bucks win the South? Maybe out of default, but because I just don't trust Dennis Allen down there in New Orleans because it's a shit show. Uh, but I, I, I think he's got to really hang it up. I, I don't think that this was the last hurrah that he had hoped for. Interesting. Well, uh, I'm going to go just the opposite. I, th- I think the Bucks have a chance to, t- to actually turn things around. It's going to take a little time. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. Brady doesn't, doesn't look good, and Brady looks like he's really uh, – he's got other things on his mind. Uh, but I, I still – I see the Bucks coming back because I don't see that division as being very good. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, are the Broncos done? I mean, is it is it time to kind of – okay, they're, they're not there, and Russell Wilson, you know? I, I don't know. 
um, you know, that they don't seem to be clicking when they should, even though their defense is actually really great. Uh, the Zappy thing, I tell you, I'm watching Zappy. I'm watching him play these games, and he knows how to step up into the pocket. You know, a lot of rookies don't know how to do that. He knows how to step up into the pocket. He he knows either how to run that offense. He learned really quickly. I'm really impressed with him, and I could see I could see them staying with him and Mac. You know, and not Mac Jones. I, I mean, if you go back to Bledsoe got hurt. This young kid by the name of Brady came in. Who's he? Oh, he went to Michigan. He hardly played at all. It wasn't that much, you know. Never saw Drew Bledsoe again. So uh, I'm thinking, I think he could be right. I'd like Zappy. I'm in, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, this kid, this could could be. It could be part of it. That's for sure. So, all right, those are my trends there. And I'm glad I'm finally back here. And folks, just to let you know, we're Daily Fish coming to you from Vegas in Myrtle Beach. I'm John Daly. He's Eric Fish Schneider, and we have the hard line, John Hardison from the Cost of Winning podcast and all of his sports betting advice. We dive into bets that are going to be for this week coming up. And uh, you got questions or comments, drop us a line in the chat box. Or if you're not watching the live, you can email us at daily.fish1 dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, let's jump into a little college football. Fish, what are your trends that you're seeing in college football? Well, first go back to Brady. Um, Jeff Saturday said Peyton Manning would never go to someone's wedding and miss two walkthroughs. If it was his brother getting married, he said he'd have him change the wedding. All right. Yeah. So Hardline, you're right on with that. There was one. Now, I, I've been bagging on college football, John Daly, to you personally and on the show. This past weekend, take that all away. Tennessee, Alabama, USC, Utah. I'm texting Hardline. Some of the greatest dramas, some of the greatest games. I will take this out of college football. I'm predicting. There's seven quarterbacks that are going to go in the first and second round from what I've seen, maybe more. Wow. One of you guys. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hardline. Uh, you know what? Uh, great weekend. Um, you know, look, we, we talked about Tennessee a few weeks ago when we were talking about bets. Uh, Tennessee is a very good team, very solid team. They showed it on Saturday. Uh, there's one guy, you know, especially to look out for. He rides very high in, in Heisman trophies uh, in the Heisman Trophy candidate role. Uh, and that's uh, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Tennessee. And if they win out, if Tennessee can win out and win that SEC, I mean, he's the front runner, in, in, in my opinion. I mean, what a win to, to make a statement. Excuse I know me, people are saying, Excuse me. How can you not root for a hooker? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, look, I mean, C.J. Stroud is the front runner right now, but that win against Alabama might, you know, propel him forward. Uh, we, you know, look, there's a lot of good football being played. We talked about Toledo and what a hell of a game Toledo played against Kent State. Real back and forth, high scoring game. Really good to look at. And then the last game I'll I'll talk about that I really enjoyed was uh was uh sorry, I'm drawing a blank at the top of my head. Uh, UNLV actually playing Air Force. I mean, they 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 lost, but it was a more competitive game than what I thought it was going to be with UNLV. Um, they're what two wins out of being bowl eligible this year, which is the first time. And I don't remember in the longest time, I think they're four and two right now, two more games, put some bowl eligible. So they got a shot at actually making the bowl game this year. I went to the game. They were down 42 to seven. I was telling, well, well, they were horrible. (laughs) Come on, man. Air Air Force has their number, but look, I'll take that against a, a decent Air Force team, a team that's been running the mountain West for the most part. Um, than than what we've seen before because I've seen it be a lot worse with UNLV over the right. past years than just that. That you're right, my friend. They are bowl. If they get bowl eligible, that's great. Yep. So uh, I can't really add too much, but here's the thing. And, and Fish, you actually brought this up. Alabama could still lose another game. If they lose another game, should they be able to get into college playoffs? Will that be an issue? No, they shouldn't. But it's Alabama. You know, I think. Look at the SEC guys this year. Ole Miss, no one's talking about Ole Miss. Lane Kippen's team is 7-0. Georgia's great. There's a lot of teams that stink in the, that, that in, the, in the SEC, including Texas A&M, who's a 500 team, that could upset you. Tennessee's a very good football team. The SEC is loaded. I'll take the SEC hard line, and you and I have gone back and forth on this against the Pac-12 anytime. USC is not that good. They they. Everyone says SC's running the table. They're going to a playoff. They got their first game against a team that was ranked, and they lost. That's right. Okay. So I, I think Alabama with two losses, there could be – but you're going to have Michigan or Ohio State get one of those. Georgia – Clemson's going to go one loss. No. 
it's just Alabama's. Will politics take over is what you're asking, John Daly? Yeah. About that or what? Yeah. It, as far it, as it Alabama, could. possibly. They're, they're, yeah. they're a huge draw. What do you think about that, Hardline? No, I mean, look, two losses from Alabama doesn't necessarily knock them out. I mean, you're, you're looking at a team that last year was in the, the championship game. I still think that they have one of the best uh, the best programs out there. And you're right. Look, they travel. They have a big draw. It's nothing that would surprise me. Um, the biggest team that I think is questionable, like you said, is ST. Where, where we go? And look, they're not a shoe-in to win the Pac-12 this year because UCLA and Washington are looking damn good. Mm-hmm. UCLA? Huge. And now here's the last one to that. Is, is there a chance in the final four we're going to have three SEC teams? Yes. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Haley? I mean, I mean, they'll have to play each other. Ole Miss is going to have to yeah. play Alabama. You know, Georgia is going to be a great SEC championship game. I, I like the fact in two years are going to eight teams, this, then this, this conversation is moot. But for right now, politics will prevail in this whole thing, you mm-hmm. know, but – you know, you and we got to move for UCLA uh, hardline because Dorian Thompson, Beth, what's his name? Dorian Thompson. He's, he's, Dorian he's Thompson one of the highest recruited guys. He's the highest recruited quarterback out of state Nevada. He went to Bishop Gorman High School here daily, mm-hmm. and he's having a great year. He's third in the Heisman right now behind wow. Stroud and Bryce. And by the way, Bryce Young, the Raiders general manager, uh, Ziggler, Dave Ziggler has been down to scout him twice. When you're general manager, you have 17 scouts on, on your roster, on your team executives daily. When your general manager goes down to to scout a guy, it's legitimate. Bryce Young is the best decision maker I've seen in college football since Andrew Luck. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, we're going to hit some uh, some of the college games uh, when we do the hardline section. Uh, let's talk a little bit about baseball because we're it's Tuesday. Uh, and tonight we've got the, the final game between the Yankees and the Guardians. What's the matter? Because I can't process, I can't process. He's laughing his ass off. I, he asked me, that handsome guy with the piano, Liberace Jr. over, asked me, what's more frustrating, the Dodgers or the Raiders? I said, the Dodgers. Because the Raiders, have this could be their 19th out of 21 losing seasons. We love the Raiders. Sorry, Gabriel, but the Dodgers, it's the ninth straight time the Dodgers have been in the playoffs. And they've only won at one time. And I give Hardline credit. He called it on the show. They're going to find a way to lose. How the fuck does Dave Roberts pull Tim Anderson with a two-hitter in the fifth? He did it with Kershaw in game four against the Astros in, the, in the 2017. By the way, Daly, he's getting piled on by the media in L.A. Oh, Dave my Roberts. God. I don't, yeah. I don't know if he if he survives it. He probably will. So that's all I got to say about baseball. I'm going to give you my predictions right now. I still think it's the Astros against either the Yankees or the Indians, Guardians, whatever. The Padres and Phillies, I'm going to go to hardline on that one. I, 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 don't, I don't have a take on that. I want to hear his take. Go so, so, so here's the thing. Uh, watching, <laughs> I'll get to it. Uh, so I, I told Daly, I said, watching the game one of the Padres wow. versus the Mets when they played Scherzer, I said, I'm looking at a team that's dangerously confident right now, a team right. that I haven't seen before um, with this much swagger. I said, don't let them get hot because they could be it. And I, every Every Dodger fan I've talked to, oh, we're playing the Madres. Oh, we got nothing to worry about. Oh, we're going to take them down real quick. Look, a team that's dangerous, confident, and with swag, and they're doing it without their best player. They beat you without Tatis. That's the part that's crazy. There's a thing in this, once you get to the playoffs, where it's you have to be confident, you have to be sure of yourself. And I told you from the beginning of the season with the Dodgers, if it's too good to be true, they're going to screw did. it up. They're a team that it's a horse race with them. You try to fly to winning 100 wins, 110 wins, 105. We're setting all these records. The best teams find ways to rest their best players for when the team when the plays matter the most. Okay. I don't care about 110 wins. N- give me 97, maybe yeah. even 100. But I'd rather rest my guys and have them ready to go for when the time matters, then not. We talk about the COVID season all the time. What happened? Guys got rested. Guys got rested. And 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 look, they were able to produce at a high level when it matters. Look, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Am I confident we're going to beat the Guardians? Not necessarily because they've been running our numbers so far. But if we get through this, we still got to beat Houston. And Houston has our number. Uh, 
if I'm looking at the Padres Philly matchup, gosh, uh, it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven games. Yeah. I'm going to give the edge to the Padres. I, I'm going to give the edge to the Padres. I think Blake is, is it Blake Snell, Blake Snell as the uh, pitcher for the Padres. I think that's your X factor right there. I think that if he comes through and he wreaks havoc, they got a strong chance of pulling it out. Okay, real quick, Jay, before you go, he brought up COVID. I want to, I don't want to bring up COVID, but in case it comes back, since I had tickets to the fucking NLCS, <laughs> we can now use that. That's a mask. That, that that's a mask that Harlan can use. Because Cohen is a better chance of playing in the NLCS than the goddamn Dodgers. Look at that, baby. No, no, I'm not getting Dodger tickets. I'm I'm hot. Sorry, Daily, but you you got the you got the daily end on this one. Yeah, I got I love it. So um so tonight, uh Guardians and Yankees. I got the Yankees at home winning that game. I think uh I think there's enough consternation that happened inside the Yankee uh clubhouse uh, with what happened in game three that helped them actually turn it around in game four. Uh, I think the Yankees are going to, I think they're going to be there. I think they're going to face the Astros and I think the Astros will beat them. Um, but at, at the same time too, I also, I, I love the guardians. I, I, I like this team, but I think they're, they're just too young. And I think what they've done is phenomenal so far this year. I still, I still got the Yankees winning. Okay. Tell me who's going to win hard line. What do you got? Uh, for tonight's game, I'm going to take the Yankees. I, I think that they just have enough experience that gets them over the hump to win. Um, and look, you know, Aaron Boone's job is still still kind of questionable. You know, look, he's, he's been in this situation before. There's no guarantee. I think the only thing that saves him is making it to a World Series this year. Uh, another ALCS won't do it. Uh, my prediction moving forward, I'll probably take the Astros and I'll take the Padres. I'll take the Astros, Padres in the World Series. Okay. Fish. Hit us I'm with that on tonight's line. game. Our hard line, man. Hard line's back to 68 to 69 percent. 69 is his favorite number. So um <laughs> I go I'm going I'm going with uh with hard line. Um I, I I'm rooting for Cleveland because of Vicky's family and Terry and, and Sarah, but I yep. think the Yankees have to I'm I'm with you guys. Astros and the Padres. I like the Astros winning the World Series. Yeah, I think I, I, I like the I like the Padres just edging out. I think it's gonna be a great series. Padres and Phillies is going to be a really, really good series. I, I like the way both teams have lined up and have gotten together as far as uh, getting themselves down the stretch and ready for it. All right, NBA starts tonight as well. Looking forward to that. So, Fish, uh, give, give us your give us your takes. Who do you, who do you see? I, you know, the price is plus plus six hundred hard line on these teams. Okay, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors. I see that. Okay, I see the plus six hundred. Now, the 10 to 1s are the Brooklyn Nets, the Utah Jazz. I don't know about that. They just lost Patrick Beverly. I love that. I'm going to ask you about that later on in Hardline about him going to the Lakers, okay? And the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, we'll talk about trades. I'm going to give you real quick my, my synopsis of the NBA. I love Giannis. I have to make a poo poo. I can't. I've never pronounced his last name. <laughs> All right. It's my favorite way. You know what Giannis reminds me of? There's there, you, Hardline will tell you this daily because he knows NBA better than anyone I've ever known. There are players that are transitional to the game that make the game uh, to another generation. Shaq was the first guy I saw that could play the one as a point, get a get the rebound, dribble down, cross over, hit a three. He did it a few times. Giannis is the next guy to do that. I, and I think his injuries last year. So my prediction for the NBA finals, until you beat the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry, according to Matt, Michael Jordan, was put on this earth to hit threes, I get the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals. And it's bring it on. Go ahead, Hardline. Uh, so the finals this year, you know what? I'll, I'll take. It's hard to it's hard to go back, but I'll take Golden State in the West. I just that division, even though Phoenix is a great team, uh, we're getting back Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. There's still questions about Kawhi Leonard's knee. Where we're going, they said he's looking a lot better than he has in the in the previous years, uh, and and that's definitely an X factor. I do I see. Golden State, I probably in the Western Conference Finals, I could see Golden State and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, in terms of the Lakers, their payroll is so all over the place. They have so many issues in terms of the cap. They're going to have to get rid of someone. Russell Wellsbrook looks disinterested. Uh, and Pat Beverly has definitely stepped up as a leader. Anthony Davis, 
what are you going to get out of him in terms of, uh, as Charles Barkley calls him, Anthony Street clothes because he's always injured. He, he barely he's, <laughs> is able to keep pushing through. <laughs> he's, he's always injured. Um, but you know what? I can, I can see it, overall, I can see Golden State and Milwaukee uh, in, the, in the NBA Finals this year. I think that Boston mm-hmm. takes a step back. I think that they got a lot of issues in terms of everything that happened with Udoka, uh, in terms maybe of, of chemistry. And look, you got a brand new head coach coming in, even though he was assistant. It doesn't mean that he necessarily is going to run things the same way as Udoka. So so we have to see. Uh, I do see Brooklyn. Brooklyn could possibly make the Easter Conference Finals. Um, but, but the one team I, I think that it's a make or break year and they have to make the Eastern Conference Finals this year are the 76ers. Because if they don't make it this year, you really start mm-hmm. have to start questioning, do you break up this team? Do you break it up? Do you do you just say, you know what, we we start from scratch to a certain degree? Maybe Doc Rivers gets replaced because there's a lot of pressure on him to actually step up and go from there. Um, and so we'll we'll see. There's a lot of questions that goes. The biggest prop that I got in terms of uh overall win total, I got the Brooklyn Nets winning or so yeah, the Brooklyn Nets winning under 50 and a half games. I just think that at Ooh. some point someone's gonna get injured. Um, I think that Kevin Durant's going to get injured at some point. I have very little faith in Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons is coming back from a messed up back. Like it's 50 wins because the way the roster looks on paper seems plausible, but I think they probably get at like 48. So you would take the under. Okay. All right, cool. Any other quick prop bets? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I'd like the Kings to win 35 games at minus one Oh five. They haven't won 35 games in five years. Everything's wow. been less than that. They've been pretty terrible. Uh, and you know what? The most improved player. So Anthony Edwards is leading the way right now at uh, plus 850. But I would put money on Zion Williamson. I mean, he looks good. Uh, you know, yeah. look, people say that, you know, bullying people online is wrong. But, but by God, people bullied the hell out of that boy and getting back into shape. I mean, he <laughs> looks like a brand new man out there playing. Look, he dropped weight. He looks healthier. Uh, looks like they got him with the nutritionist. Uh, you know, David Griffin has really put his magic there, especially making trades. I would not be surprised if Zion Williamson is possibly wins most improved player of the year. Yep, I got it. All right, real quick, because we're going to go on to memes. So I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Phoenix Suns in the finals. And, of course, we're not going to know this until we get to the playoffs. So because you can have a great season and then you get into the playoffs and you're the best team in NBA and you lose that opening playoff game. So the opening playoff series. So, all right, time for some memes. This is breaking news. The, the the Lakers are on the verge of trading Westbrook to the Bulls for DeRozan and Caruso. I love Ooh. that trade. Wow. Ooh. Wow. That's that's wow. from ESPN. So you know, we'll see that that plays out. That can happen by the end of the day. But uh you he just heard this gentleman say that the Westbrook's a, a shit show, so that would help the Lakers out. I got some news for guys. Um look, we talked about baseball and the Mets have a new uh, prospect coming out, and I love it. I will wa- I will buy season tickets to the Mets to watch him. <laughs> Happy Ireland! Oh my God, look at that! Wow, you know, wow. You think you think those kids have erections in the background? Because I would. Anyways, that's Jeez. me. All right. What, now, when we, was we that bag on, we bag on. You know uh, the, how bad primetime football has been, but it's really been bad on Thursday night football. And we can tell you by the models that are showing that. <laughs> look at the model on Thursday night. <laughs> Sunday night's been good. Monday night's a little bit better. Right. So, you know, I learned how to read by by this magazine. I want to thank Hugh Hefner, and I want to thank uh, who's the guy that who's the guy that did um, Ten House. I forgot his name. Now yeah, look at um, yeah. uh, what was Dave? You know, look look at Sinatra speaks his mind. The chicks of Cleopatra, and look at the subliminal stuff in that glass. I never read any of those articles because the only article I cared about <laughs> was the pictures in the middle. Yeah, the Miller and Buckley debate the American right wing. Actually, you know what, Hardline? Ask Daily. Playboy Magazine had the greatest NFL predictions and NBA stuff. They had Absolutely great did. predictions. Good thing. Uh, this has really happened. This is in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> Read this. <laughs> For other guys. Find a new anus pounder. I mean, talk about a kid that's high, that's probably just happened with the manager. For our listening audience, there's a McDonald's, there's a McDonald's marquee. Try the new anus pounder. Now, if I was to tell you it last week, I'm still not processing the Dodgers losing and the Raiders Chiefs game is giving me agita like you would not. But 
when you see this. Travis Kelsey, like if I told John Daly and Hardison, oh my God, Travis Kelsey only had 25 yards on seven catches. This is this is what really happened. Look at that tea bag right there. That's Travis Kelsey with the tea bag on top of that pit bull that says the Raiders. We can't beat that guy. It's horrible. That's my memes, guys. Happy Victory Tuesday. All right, perfect. All right, folks, thanks for joining us here. Again, we talk sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between, just like you do. No woke, no extreme, no social justice cops. We examine all sides. We let the threes fly, as you saw. We aim for the upper deck. Again, questions, drop them in the chat box. Or if you want to mail us, it's dailyfish1 at gmail.com. The anus pounder. Sorry. All right. Time now. Time now for our schmuck of the week. Who's been schmucky this week, Fish? This is really bad. You know, it's it's one thing to develop your brand. That's a new word terminology. Terminology, develop your brand, entitlement, millennials, shit we never heard about when we were younger. Your suck of the week is this. It's a company called Etsy. E-T-S-Y. Believe it or not, they're gonna take these off. Look at these t-shirts that they, that they printed out. This is Jeffrey Dahmer's and Pew Silvery. Sir, no, Chef Boy RD. <laughs> Choke me like that. I don't think it's funny. Choke me like Bundy and eat me like Dahmer. Because what if you're a family member? You know, wow. and it's just and look at this next T-shirt. I mean, if you're, and people and they're selling these T-shirts like crazy. Are we that sick that we're? Wow. I eat guys like you for breakfast. That's bullshit. You know, there's a movie that came out called uh, Natural Born Killers with Woody mm-hmm. Harrelson and Juliet Juliet Lewis years ago about these two serial killers that the world loved because they were like pop stars. I'm not buying it. To me, Etsy's probably a great company. Get rid of those fucking t-shirts. Yep, I'd agree with you. All right, let's see and celebrate who has the swag this week. Fish, who are we, who, who well, are we uh, celebrating here? So Belichick just passed Cody Lambaugh. He's about 60, 60 uh, wins behind Don Shula. But mm-hmm. to me, a guy that's up there, and, and, he's, and he's my favorite coach in the league, is this guy. I'll tell you why. That's Mike Tomlin, who's a head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. When I hear people get on me and they text me and I go on these blogs and I go on these local shows here, injuries, injuries, injuries. His entire fucking secondary was out against Tampa. I said it earlier. T.J. Yeah. Watt's out. Two offensive linemen is out. Kenny Pickles Pickett goes out. Trubisky's in, and he beats Tampa. Not only is he a great coach, but he mentored a guy, rest in peace, named Dwayne Haskins, who had a lot of personal problems with the – at the time, the Redskins, right? And he got that kid in the right track, and unfortunately, his, his life ended prematurely. Tom was a great man. He's a great coach. He's a great mentor to young kids. And he deserves to be named as one of the top head football coaches in pro football of all time. I have him in my top five. Swag, huge swag for that guy. I agree. I, all right. about him. I, love, I don't think he's ever had a losing season, Hardline. You would know that. This might be the first one. No, he hasn't. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we have our drink of the week. Fish, what are we toasting? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I decided to go with the mimosa because we're doing a morning show. And yep. nothing's better than all the champagne and orange juice put together. And the two biggest drinks at Chuck's Tavern in the morning are obviously a Bloody Mary and a mimosa. So we have a big sports day coming up. we got two playoff games, baby. We're drinking to a, you know, they get the Yankee game. Yankee game starts at 1 o'clock our time. So you got an afternoon game, and then the Phillies yeah. and Padres tonight. So I'm drinking to, but I'm I'm drinking to Mike Tomlin. I mean, I'm not a Steelers fan. I'm a Raider fan. My wife's a huge Steelers fan, but I can appreciate when a person is so good in the community, so good with young people, and he's a winner. Yep, good guy too. All right, to Mike Tomlin. All right, here we go. Hey, the Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to the Shucks Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where, guess what? Fish is there. He's there overnight. Say Daily Fish Podcast to get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook as well. And folks, we are live on Daily Fish at daily.fish.5, usually on Mondays at 6 p.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, but uh, today, today's Tuesday. We had to do a little early. I had some changes in our schedule. Again, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher and Amazon. You can watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check us out on Daily Fish on YouTube and also Wingding TV and check out our post and news updates on Twitter as well. And don't forget 
Hey Vegas TV. Go to heyvegastv.com. All right, let's get some bets from the Daily Fish Hardlines. He has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, as we told you about before, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts as well. All right, Hardline, what do you what do you got? What are you looking at this week as far as the NFL? Give us a good game right up the top. So uh, let's start with the Colts and Titans. I'm going to go with the over 42 and a half. Who would have thought last week Matt Ryan would throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns? I, I think, I you know, with – oh, you, you got I it did. right. He's done it before. <laughs> He's done it before, but it's been a while. You know, without Jonathan Taylor, I think they have to push the ball a little bit more. Uh, they were more aggressive on offense than I've seen them before play. Uh, they're playing a Titans team that's that's kind of middle of the road. They're not necessarily bad, but they're not necessarily that great. Uh, it's a divisional game. And, look, I – the Colts have a decent defense, but I don't know if they necessarily have an answer for Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm going to go with the over 42 and a half at minus 108, but I think it'd be a semi-close game. All right. I want to, I want to, I just want to go over and under one thing. I say over five coaches get let go. We always just saw Matt rule go and they hit, they said that Ron Rivera's on the team over under five coaches get let go at the end of the year. I say over, what about you? Uh, I'll go over. I, I, I'll go over. I think there's a lot of teams that want to that possibly want to rebuild. Three off the top of my head, uh, we saw Matt Rue, Ron Rivera's on the uh, the hot seat. Cliff Kingsbury's on the hot seat as well. Oh, yeah. So that's three right there that we don't know. I'm not necessarily sold on Nathaniel Hackett because I've seen teams, as we just talked about the Cardinals, switch head coaches after a year. So that's possible as well. Uh, so that, that's at least four off the top, and we don't know. Maybe there's another one coming up. I'll give you two more. Uh, I hate to say it to you, Dan Campbell only has a three-year contract. If the if the Lions only win three or four games, he's gone. Mike McCarthy's on the short leash. I, I know, we all know that Dallas loves Sean Payton. He already said I want to come back, so yep. I think it's over five. Um, okay, let me ask you this before we move on: Do you think that McCarthy goes before Dennis Allen? If Sean Payton says I want to get back in the game because they still own his rights down down there in New Orleans. Do you think that, hey, you know, the New Orleans pulled the trigger and say, Dennis, either you go back to being D.C. or you're out? Uh, good question. I think that Dennis, that Sean Payton goes to Dallas or bust. He wants that market. No, Dallas is now the third biggest uh, city in the United States. It overtook Chicago. So it's a big, big market. It's a Dallas Cowboys. Sometimes you you run your run. He ran it. What was he, 10 years with, with New Orleans? You know, Dennis, Dennis Allen will get a second year. So that, that point is moved. But uh, no. He's Sean Payne's going to come back to the Dallas Cowboys or stay back with Fox. Okay, so let me ask you guys: How many how many coaches are gone before midseason? Do you see any more coming up over the next three weeks? I do. Uh, I I don't think right now. I don't I don't think right now midseason you're going to see. You might see one, but I I don't think so. And especially I know we talked about Rivera. Being on the hot seat, um, I think he gets a little bit more leeway, especially because Wentz with that finger, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. So I think that buys him some time. Kingsbury might be the other one that, that might be the one that goes, but because they trade for Robbie Anderson, I think they're a little bit more committed to a system, at least until the end of the season. Okay. All right. Texans and the Raiders this weekend. What are you looking at that? And Fish, I'm going to ask you later too, but what do you got hard line? You know what? I'm going to take the Texans plus seven. Uh, this is a team that, for some reason, they play the Raiders pretty well in the past. Um, their Lovey Smith is is a pretty good head coach for this team. I, I think he goes a little underrated because of where he's playing in the team. But they get turnovers. I mean, that's something that goes unknown is they get turnovers compared to the Raiders. The Raiders don't really get that many turnovers. But look, the Raiders this year have a good run defense as well. I mean, that's something that kind of goes underrated in terms of them. I think the Texans keep it close. I think the Texans are able to cover that seven. Well, Fish, what are you thinking? I think the Raiders blow them out. And just came out today that the NFL will not discipline Devontae Adams until his hearing November 17th. So we're guaranteed another four games. The Raiders have to have a statement game. The Raiders are number two in the league in rushing. Houston's number 31 in rushing defense. That's how we win this game. And you have to make a statement game. You have to come out and win a game. I think the Raiders cover. I think they win. I'm going to try and convince Mr. Daly because we're still alive in last man standing. And someone mm -hmm. isn't. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the Raiders. I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. If the Raiders lose this game at home at Allegiant, don't. I know the Raiders watch us. 
this could snowball into them winning a two or three win season and McDaniels could be out after one year. I don't know if Davis yeah. could save that. What do you think about that one, Hardline? You like you, do you agree with me on that? No, I, I think snowball. <laughs> I think Josh keeps his job. I think he keeps his job. I think there's certain things that he's put into place that's uh that's been better. And look, the, the biggest thing that we've noticed over the last three weeks, and I've told you, they've taken the ball out of Derek Carr's hands and they put it in Josh Jacobs, and they've been a lot more competitive than what they have been at the start of the season. Um, I, I do think that look, they they need to win. Do I think that it snowballs into a two-three win season? It's possible. I mean, if people start giving up. Uh, do I think that they're giving up necessarily now? No. no. The biggest question is what do, the biggest question I have is, and Fish, you would know because I haven't really looked today, is what's the status on Darren Waller? Because Darren Waller didn't really play at uh or if he didn't play at all when they played the Chiefs. He's getting shit because if you know his Twitter, he was at every Padre game on the field. And you know, I don't know what the protocol is for guys on a bye week to be in that in, in the facility getting treatment, but you know. I, I don't know. I'm 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 concerned about Darren Waller, but I mean, as far as the Raiders go, I see a big performance on both. They're that close. They lost four games by 14 points combined. You know, I, I scratch. Do you ever do this daily? You ever watch a team like you have a team like the Giants, and you wonder how the fuck did they lose to that? How did the Raiders lose to Arizona? Yeah, yeah. Arizona like put three points on the board offense against a 31st ranked defense in the yeah. Seattle Seahawks. But the Raiders, real quick, the Raiders next four games. I think they're all winnable, guys. They got they got the Texans. They got Jacksonville, two and four. They got Seattle. That'll be a tough game. And they got the Saints. Then they got Denver there. So you want to get back into this. I think Pro Football Focus has the Raiders favored in all those games, and they're one and four. If they lose to Houston, though, I know this team, it, it's going to resonate. They're going to say, you know what? There are guys, but they're not quitting. They're not quitting for this. For, but but uh, no, but they're not they're not quitting. But look, that's where the plus seven comes into play. Like they, they should have beaten Arizona. Look what happened. They should have beaten Tennessee. Look what happened. There's a question of, especially in this game, I'll say this right now. If Josh Jacobs gets the ball 20 times or more, they'll they pre- they'll dominate the line scrimmage, they'll win. If you put the ball in Derek Carr's hands and you he tries to come out. And he tries to show people, hey, I can really spin it. The Texans will probably win this damn game. Hey, can, can, can I ask you guys one more thing? I'll be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be quick on this. We have to move on. How come there's how come there, there's no shit going John Harbaugh's way? They've been up by 10 points in their last three losses with five minutes ago and have found a way to blow it. Okay, yeah. They're 35-14 hard line on the Dolphins yeah. in week two with seven minutes to go in Baltimore and blew it. And Lamar's throwing picks left and right. Aaron Judge bet on himself, and he's going to win. Lamar's going to get that contract, but if this continues, I don't think he's going to get a contract from the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it it is a question, but as we've said before in the past, it's hard to find good, steady quarterback play. If you don't sign Lamar, what's your options? You're going to let Lamar Jackson, with all that talent, walk away for what? That's the thing. I don't know. There, there, that, there's seven or eight rookies that I, I'm telling you, there's four rookies that are going to roll in there like Joe Burrow did in his first year. I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm, I'm guaranteeing this. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson in the first year, Justin Herbert, and Mahomes. These guys all played great when they got they got that ball. Not like these, not this last rookie class. We talked about that with Lawrence and Lance and Justin Fields and Mac Jones. They, they you know, some of these guys can't get on the field. So let's move on. But I, don't right. want, I just I just got me on a tangent of that. Go. Well, that's good. Speaking of the Browns and, and the speaking of the Ravens, they play the Browns this week. Hardline, what do you got on this one? I call this the game of New Cleveland versus Old Cleveland because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'll take the Browns plus six and a half. They play the Ravens very close. Um, it's never really a big blowout game between the both of them going back and forth. Actually, as much as we talk about Lamar Jackson, he struggles versus Cleveland. The last three games, he struggled mightily. Yeah. One game he threw four picks and one touchdown. The other game was a backup quarterback. So I don't think you're going to see Lamar Jackson really go off on Cleveland like he has on some other teams. Uh, I'll take the Browns plus six and a half. And, you know, look, even though the Browns struggled a little bit against the Patriots, you know, Jacoby wasn't bad. The biggest X factor of the Browns, which I haven't seen this year versus previous years, you got to get Nick Chubb going. You got to get Nick Chubb grinding and pounding. That's the bread and butter with Cleveland right now. Um, I know they're just trying to kind of keep even even keel until 
uh, Watson gets back from that suspension. I know there's some other, you know, allegations that have come up as well. It doesn't look like, you know, they're going to attack on additional time for anything that's going on. But I think if you could get to week 11, you could kind of keep even kill. That's the idea. But the one question I have for you daily, and I know, you know, the trade deadline's coming up. What's the, I, what are they going to do with Kareem Hunt? Because they haven't been using him. I know that he asked for a trade at the beginning of the year. Are, are you guys not using him because you're trying to keep him healthy for trade purposes? Or what's the mindset in Cleveland that you think? Uh, I think that I, it's a really good question. I, I think, and again, I think the Browns are kind of like what Fisher's talking about the Raiders. The, the Browns could be on a spiral going down. And, and I thought the game last week against New England kind of showed that. And you're right. They couldn't get Chubb going. And then you know, they lost, what, 38-15 or something like that? And the game was actually not that not that uh, far apart. So I think, yes, I think if 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 they continue to lose, yeah, I, I think you'll start seeing some midseason trade. And I could see him, I could see Hunt going very easily. Yeah. You want to make a want to make a bet, a wager bet on that, Hotline? Let's bet 25, 50 bucks. I bet you that the Baltimore Ravens win by more than six and a half. It's in Baltimore. Jacoby Brissett, the, the Browns are horrible right now. Horrible. I watched that game, you know, against New England. And they're two and four. And they got Baltimore. They got they got they got some tough. They got they're at Baltimore, at Cincinnati. They're gonna be two and six. I think Cincinnati beats them also. And then by time look and they got some other tough games that are coming up. I, I looked at the schedule. They got some tough games. They could possibly be three and seven or three and eight by the time uh Deshaun gets in. Then it's over. Who cares? His five games a <laughs> big deal. They might even play him. They said, you know what, we don't want to get injured. So we'll see. Move on. All right, let's go to college football. UCLA, Oregon. Okay, what do you got in that one, Hardline? Uh, UCLA, what a heck of a story this year. Chip Kelly hasn't played last year. We saw some sparks last year. But this year, I mean, they could honestly win the Pac-12. I mean, when was the last time we said that UCLA had a fighting chance of winning the Pac-12? Uh, they play Oregon. They usually put up a fireworks show. Uh, 69 and a half is a lot of points. I'm going to go under. I think it gets close to that 69 and a half. Mark, but I don't think that it goes over that. I think that hook is what's going to get some people. I take UCLA, Oregon under this game. If UCLA wins that game daily, there'll be a lot of 69 in Westwood. I guarantee you. That means they're seven and zero. They got Cal, Stanford, and Oregon State. Could you imagine if SC and UCLA play for the championship? That'd be great yeah. for the Pac-12. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be good for LA. Well, be All good right. for the Big Ten. bc wake forest what do you got uh you know what bc wake forest wake forest is actually having a really good season uh they've kind of been flying under the radar but you know boston college kind of has wake forest's number they keep it close it's never a blowout game uh i know they're giving boston college plus 21 i'll take boston college plus 21 at minus 105 i think that they keep it closer than what a lot of people think uh this year compared to last all right, how about Cincy SMU? So, you know, since he's coming off the college football playoffs last year, uh, they're not bad. Luke Fickle, what a heck of a job that he's doing. At some point, since he's going to have to, and I, I don't know off the top of my head if they discussed it, uh, they're going to have to leave. They're going to have to leave that conference. They're getting too good, uh, kind of like Utah when they were in the Mountain West. But, you know, SMU, I know they had a close game against Navy last week. Uh, they ended up pulling it out. But I think since he's a better team, I take Cincy minus three. All right, and you got some prop bet possibility for the Heisman Trophy already. What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, you know, like we talked about, uh, Hinder Hooker. I mean, what a game that he put on at Tennessee. They they didn't back down for the challenge against Alabama. Uh, I think that he's right up there. It's him, C.J. Stroud, and probably Bryce Young are the top three right now. Uh, as we talked about with the Heisman, it's, it's basically who's the best quarterback uh, <laughs> instead of who's the best college football player. Uh, and I think that, you know, if he keeps it up and they, and they make it to the SEC championship game, you know, he's he's the he's the front runner, honestly. I, saw, I can't download. I just saw a meme. I said, give me a hooker for the Heisman. And it's got a beautiful, beautiful body like Kathy Ireland with his face on it. <laughs> wow, that's good. A lot of play on that. All right, cool. And that is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison, the Cost of Winning podcast. You can find him here also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Hardline, uh, I heard you got to take off. You, you you got some important business to do, right? I got some important business to do and some people to see. I got a game with Darren Waller down in San Diego. There you go. All right, cool. All right, Hardline, we will uh, we'll catch you next week and uh, much appreciated. And we will we will carry on with your spirit as well. Take care, guys.
All right, cool. And also, I just want to tell you about uh, the One Glove. You get a grip on your golf game with this new revolutionary new golf glove. It's called the One Glove. Notice the finger it covers fish, right? And long drive, long drive competitors are actually using this. You get a better feel for the grip. Plus, you don't have to take it off when you're chipping and putting. You can wash it. It lasts three times longer than a regular golf glove. Plus, women golfers love it because they can wear their rings. They won't hurt their nails. You can get the One Glove. All you have to do is go to theonegloveGolf.com. Put in the code DAILYFISH. You get a deal on it. That's the onegolfglove.com promo DAILYFISH. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit here about about some politics. Fish, you, you had some concerns. You you've been you've been talking about China quite a bit. You've been bringing that up. What, what, what's your what's your concern there? I'm always intrigued with China because of I, I think this is a country that 60 years ago, you think of them in the fields of rice with the hats on. And, and then here comes Hong Kong and this development in Beijing and Shanghai. And it goes from basically. A country of communism that had a third world stature economically to this megapolis of politics and um, commerce. Yet they're accused a lot of of issues of not really handling people right. And I heard their president Xi. Did I pronounce his name? Yep, Xi. I, I watched this two-hour press conference. And he's a scary type of leader that's brilliant, intelligent, sense of humor, says scary things, and he's not a bully. I don't worry about, I worry about him more than I worry about Putin, okay? He says, I'll do what I want to do. We'll do what we want to do with Taiwan and bring it on. I've got news for America. We cannot take them, okay? The Russians have proven how futile they are, they are in Ukraine. I'll go to you on that. And they're losing. You know, the Russians are pulling people off the streets. I heard yeah. both, all, both, news, both Fox and CNN are, are friends. You're, you're walking down the street, your girlfriend, you're in the war. It's done in movies, you know. Yeah. China's a scary, scary, scary opposition. And I just don't know, and I'm going to get photos to you right now, why they would team up with Russia in this Ukrainian conflict when we supply so much trade with them. We're in debt to them. And we provide more of an economic partner with them than Russia does. So I'll throw that to you. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, because they're not America. So they're actually, they've, they've changed really from about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, China was going to be our trading partner. And um, they've gone to a very nationalistic way of thinking. And uh, what's amazing about it, in fact, if, if you get a chance, The Economist, the magazine, it's the British magazine, uh, they have an eight- to nine parts podcast series on Xi Jinping. It's called The Prince, and it is phenomenal. And you really understand where this guy's coming from. He actually, uh, when the Communist Party was getting rid of people, they got rid of his father. They actually jailed him for nine years, and they were thrown into seclusion. He actually stayed in with the party and rose to power. And his rise to power is absolutely an incredible story and where he is the way he is. And his whole thing is it's controlling the party and it's letting the party control everything. So um, that's what they're into now. Their big thing is, and then a lot of people say that this is going to hurt China in the long run. Their thing is they want to control as much of the world economy, especially, especially resources. And that's why they clamping down on Hong Kong. I've been to Hong Kong a number of times. I'll never go back to Hong Kong. Hong Kong was one of the greatest places. Now it's like, I think if I walked in, they'd probably arrest me being an American. Uh, Taiwan is going to be scary. Um, but, you know, what we're seeing now is that China is siding with Russia uh, because it's not America. So they want to have this this bifurcated economy and uh, society and world. And it's it's definitely you're right. It's going to be us against China. And I think China is more scary. Um, they are creating more technology, especially military technology that we've got to stand up to. And, you know, the question is, what if he does go into Taiwan? What do we do? You know, technically, do we we don't have uh, what I would, you know, it's not, they're not NATO. So we don't have responsibility to do that. On the other hand, you know, they have a lot of semiconductors. But here's what they're also doing. You know, we're building a lot of semiconductor plants now. We're trying to get a, a lot of that so we can take it away. I think the big thing it's going to be is there is a chance there could be war. There could be stuff going on, China against America or whoever's going to line up on our sides. 
what Pacific countries are going to line up with us. I think most of them will, to be honest with you. Um, but here's the other thing, too, is that, you know, we used we relied on them for cheap labor. So what we're going to be seeing, I think, over the next, you know, five to 10 years is, is a lot of higher prices because we've got to produce our own stuff or other countries that can't produce them as cheaply or using slave labor to do them as well. So uh, you're right. You're right to be concerned about this. And I think over the next, you know, five to 10 years, there's going to be some big changes. I think it could hurt China. I think Xi could hurt China in the long run because I think there's a lot of Chinese people that really they loved in the you know you know 2010 uh, that era there where um, you know their economy thrived and they they were getting millionaires they were creating some great companies they were working with Americans you saw that here uh, I think that's going to change and I think that's going to hurt them in the long run. Go for okay. it. No, uh, you, you, you know you said your piece. Um, I it's concerned. I, li I like watching other world leaders and how they handle things and, and how other countries go. Uh, another thing I want to talk about world leaders is we tend, no matter what party you are, I need everyone from the Marcus Mosers, who's a big fan of the show, to my family to know that I hate politicians. I hate them. I can't stand any of them. None of them. Because you all do the same thing. We, if you hated Trump when Trump was president, you said he's been in reality. And he's making things up. You have to fact check him. Okay. Well, if you and I like President Biden as a person. I I think President Biden's a good quarterback with a lousy offensive line. If I had to give an analogy, all right. The people around him. You can't make a statement that on national when you're interviewed that California's always been at seven dollars a gallon for gas when they have it. When you took over, they were three dollars and twenty one cents. You're going to get fact checked in everything you say. I get people. I, I'm wrong a lot. I get fact checked and I'll admit it, you know, I'm wrong. Okay. Don't say things if you're a politician to, just because you want to keep people from being scared. We're not that stupid as a people. Maybe some of us are, you know, but with the midterms coming up, just, this is what, this is how I would handle it. Say, Hey, right now I'm here to fix what's wrong. Maybe I can fix some of it. Maybe I can't, but at least I'm trying. Okay. That shuts everyone up. No one does that. Everyone blames everybody else. No one's accountable. It's the same thing in life. You know, it's true. There's no one accountable. No one takes any accountability for their actions. You can't say that. You can't hold an ice cream cone and say the economy is, is thriving right now. It's not. It's not thriving here in Las Vegas. I'll tell you that. We're losing money. Prices are going up. All right. People aren't coming here in their cars from California because it is $7 a gallon. And it costs a shitload of money to drive up here. A lot, of, a lot of this is not our government's fault, but you look to your government to fix things when it's on your watch. And I'll argue that with anybody. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you on that. I think uh, I think also, you know, what Biden said when saying that was, yeah, it's like, you know, don't say that. I mean, that's that's just a ridiculous thing to be saying. Um, uh, you know, on the other hand, um, I, I think, you know, your statement about, you know, we're not that stupid. We are that stupid. Unfortunately, I think the majority of Americans are, you know, have about a fifth grade mentality. They don't understand the economy. They think that Biden can do stuff to completely drop the, the price of gas. There's no way he can. We don't control that. Now, unless he forced people in North Dakota to start, you know, doing more fracking. So we get that. So the supply and demand, you know, it's just when you lower the supply and there's demand, price is going to go up. And the, the more supply you put in there, price goes down. Um, so, um, I, I think that we have to wake up to what the reality is, especially over the next, I'm going to say the next five or six months, we are headed into a recession. Is it going to be a brutal recession? Is it going to be 2010? No, it's not. Uh, but at the same time too, you know, people are going to be hurting and we've got to get through that. The, the thing is, is that, you know, you're supposed to have a recession once every like seven years. We haven't had a recession for a long time. And I think one of the things you're going to see is people are going to be having a tough time through this winter. You, you've got the you got the war in Ukraine. Uh, you you got China, you know, stepping up over there, not helping in any other way. You've got Saudi Arabia stopping production, stopping oil production. Uh, so these people are making money. They're taking advantage of it. And we don't have a lot of control anymore because a lot of Americans don't want us to get into wars. So we're not. You know, we're not flexing our muscles muscles by any means. 
So it's, um, yeah, it's a tough time, but I think, you know, you know, did Biden say something stupid? Yeah, he did say something stupid, but can he turn around and change it? No, he can't. This is something that takes a long time. This has been a long time coming. It doesn't mean he's not trying though. He's trying, you know, I I think he's trying. I don't know. I don't know if the vice president and other people in this cabinet are as competent as you need. What made president Reagan a great president is he had a great offensive line people around him all right yeah. and you can see president bush jr did not have the right people with don with the don cheney but dick cheney and donald rumsfeld who gave him some awful advice i don't think president bush jr was a bad guy but his second term was a disaster okay you need good people around you in anything you do business-wise or politics to help you get through the business side running the country is a business you're a business manager that's what I'll say. John, I'm binge watching a lot right now. We don't talk about binge watching. I'm binge watching House of Dragons, which is a prequel to Game of Thrones. And I like it. I don't love it. But what I love is David Hollander, who did a show called Ray Donovan. Remember Ray Donovan with uh, Lee Schreiber, a big show on Showtime? He's now done that. He's taken the movie um, American Gigolo with Richard Gere. He made it into a series with John Bernthal. Rose O'Donnell. Yeah, you, are you watching it? I haven't watched it yet, but I, I was intrigued. He's, he's a great actor. But Rosie O'Donnell is so good as a police detective, so believable, and her character is great. And I, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big crush on Gretchen Mull. She's on the, on the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, what's it called when you get a uh, hall pass list? That it, so it's great. So I'm, I'm binge watching a couple of things there. But for sports fans, please go to Hulu and watch Legacy about the Lakers from 1979 to the present. You'll learn stuff about this team. Told by the Bus family, all the kids and the struggle after Jerry Bus died, and they can't stand each other. And it's told by the by the Bus family. It's terrific. Are you watching anything? Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm doing more reading uh, based on what's been going on uh, nationally and internationally. And uh, I'm I'm reading the book by, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on, on the title, but the um, it's the book that was just out, very controversial. Um, it's called Confidence Man, and it's by the New York Times uh, reporter uh, Maggie Haberman. And it is—it's a fascinating book, and, and, and you know, a lot of people who who are pro-Trump probably won't like it. But she goes back into the history of Trump, all the way back, you know, back into the '60s and '70s of the family, and it's fascinating to to watch that and to until and, and again, I listen to it on uh, on tape, and it's on Audible. But uh, it's it's a fascinating book. I'm about I'm just into when he's getting into the presidency. And again, it's not it's it's not flattering at all for for Trump in any stretch of the imagination. But uh, uh, I'm I'm reading that, and then uh, I'm about to watch a a show called uh, it's a Netflix series called Sour Grapes, and it's about a, a young kid in his twenties who uh, created all this fake wine and got all these wealthy wealthy people. Uh, to uh, to to take it all in, and he made millions off of it. And one of the Koch brothers was one of the victims of it. And the Koch brothers actually went and they went in to take this kid down. And it, it's supposed to be a fascinating series on what goes on with big money and all that. So that's one of the ones I'm going to be watching soon. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Do you ever watch a show that has butt plugs and orgies and says the fuck word and all that kind of stuff? That just that it's real life or or are you more the leave it to beaver type guy? Do you still have milk when you have when you have dinner? <laughs> you, you look like America's guy right there. When you do it, if you look at a you know a, a psychopedia, what's an American look like? This is a guy right here, John Daly. You know, next to Heather Locklear. I mean, I've never seen you binge watch a show. You said, you know what? I was watching this show, and they were giving blowjobs and handjobs to everyone that walked down the street. And vampires are then sucking them up. I mean, I've never seen you say that. And that's good. That shows the dichotomy, you know, you, me being the, be- the beast um, and you being the beauty. I would say that the last show that was like that was called The Tudors, uh, which which was about the Brit- and yeah, and that was oh my god no no that was that, that was I a watched second. it. I watched that it. Was- House of Dragons, great. You got incest and orgies together, and that happened back then. I wish I could live back then. On that note, on this des- incest and orgies in the baseball playoffs, and. Uh, <laughs> Getting a big Raider win from Hardline. Take us out, baby. We're going to do it. All right, buddy. Thanks, everybody. We are Daily Fish coming to you from Myrtle Beach. 
and Las Vegas. You can watch us and listen to us on so many different things. Again, we are on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Uh, and uh, we're going to also have some celebrity interviews coming up. If you need to write to us, please do. It's dailyfish, the number one, at gmail.com. All right, buddy. We pulled out a good one, even though we had to go on a different day. Right. Hey, prayers for people in our family and undercover jet setter. That's all I got to say. Absolutely.